Welcome to Making Waves, a show about sound art produced by New Adventures in Sound Art. On July 18th, New Adventures in Sound Art hosted the third of three online meetups for World Listening Day. And uh, these were uh, under the uh, title Collective Listening Reflection. Uh, the focus of these meetups was responding to a listening score created by Tina Pearson in uh, Victoria, B.C., called uh, Towards a Reciprocal Listening. And uh, this was an invitation for anybody with access to a sound recorder uh, to record a sound from um, their local environment following uh, guidelines uh, of her text score. And uh, I thought I'd relate some of the text score uh, to you, and then following that, we're going to listen to uh, a selection of the soundscapes that were recorded, along with um, the people uh, who recorded them uh, talking about their experience recording that soundscape and things that they noticed about it. The score toward reciprocal listening invites a reflection on presence, intention, and modes of listening that may have been forgotten or haven't been imagined in field recording practice. It suggests a consideration for reciprocity within environments where recording takes place, making an art of and to rather than about. The score is a meditation that supports connection with direct sensory awareness, bypassing the analytical mind. In brief, it invites participants to begin a reciprocal relationship with a local place, with its flora and fauna, its dirt and rock, its water and wind, and with its ancestries. It invites participants to tell a story of the process of seeking this relationship through audio recording with text and or image. It invites participants to create a shareable audio piece that best represents the story, to create a short text and or image guide or a score for listeners to witness the story, and for participants to share impressions of the experience with the place recorded. And as that latter part that we uh, did in our last meetup, and uh, we're going to listen to the reflections of uh, people uh, that were at the scene recording the sound, as well as those listening to the recording. Uh, I'm not going to identify the participants um, in this. I'm going to let them speak for themselves. The soundscapes uh, that, that you'll hear are uh, on the uh, apari.org um, sound map, worldwide sound map. If you're curious about everyday sounds from anywhere in the world, I encourage you to explore that um, sound map. It uh, runs on any web browser. It's called uh, apari.org, A-P-O-R-E-E dot org. And uh, they have a place, a um, link for project sound maps, and um, you can find uh, the sound map for collective listening reflection there. Also, the media archive at mitnesa.ca also has these sounds uh, collected uh, under the collective listening reflection title. 
So mine is um, eight Wendigo Way in Toronto. At the park, and the original origins of it were north of Bloor, and that's all been taken out, filled in, whatever, put in the sewers. <laughs> And then it eventually goes into High Park and then down into, if you know the High Park at all, into the big Grenadier Pond, which is quite large, well, relatively large. And then it eventually goes through more pipes and into the Humber River and into the lake. So I was trying to get as close as I could to the source. And I got, um, I got, I, I got pretty far up, but, um, so that was great. I was excited about that in areas I hadn't been in before. So I, I recorded from four different locations. Um, and so my recording is about two minutes from each location. And then the, so the first one is right, the recorder right at the shoreline of the creek. And just upstream from that is this culvert where water pours in from an underground source. And then the second time I put the microphone in a tree, between two trunks of a tree, like in the V part of the trunk. So it was up high, and then another one down, right down on the ground, amidst amongst some, um, uh, you know, greenery, uh, forest cover. And in that location, I also did a slight bit of. Oh, this is okay, Tina. I did a slight bit of vocal interacting, and and then I also did some kind of padding of the greenery with my hands, just to kind of activate it a bit. And then the last one was. Then I actually found when I was about to leave, I found this this um, kind of uh, just under the surface, this creek that was kind of, and that's what flows into the culvert. Anyway, so I was all excited about that because I think that's the first remnant of it that appears um, from the underground. So, so that's at the very end. very aware of the history and the location and the, the ancestral lands that are there. Um, they've never been inhabited that particular area by European settlers. So it's as close to some sort of original forest as you can get. Um, 
And so I was just very aware of that history and, and the ways in which that creek has been um, cultivated, like there's been a, a creek bed constructed. And, um, and you, can, you can tell from it, it's been constructed along the path. by the, um, the underground creek spot that I found. It's just trickling under there. It's actually quite a beautiful recording. Not that they all are, you know, but this one was quite special for me because these are the places that I feel are important because this is like, this is the first emergence of this buried water. And Toronto is full of buried creeks and buried streams. And um, that's kind of a passion of mine to kind of go to that place where they first emerged. First, I have to say that I'm not a sound artist, um, uh, and so I, I coming into this, I, I had that sort of self-consciousness and awareness, um, and also um, I've been documenting my front yard, um, which is in a very urban part of Toronto. It's in the middle of Kensington Market, um, and I live across from a very noisy park, and that park is often the site of... Um, a lot of overlapping complexities, both kind of historical and contemporary, which have to do with um, the changing um, politics of Toronto uh, since, well, since since it was settled, um, since area was settled, um, and obviously uh, that has lots of undercurrents that come before that. So I and, and so I've been documenting the my front yard visually, and I've been doing that through. A, process of with organic photochemistry with analog um, tools.
tools and also just digitally with my iPhone. Um, so I decided just to use the same space, partly because I've been home a lot since the pandemic and um, just to see what I, what I could get from it. because I've been mostly documenting the um, other than human species, so the plants and, and whatever kind of animal and insect um, life might happen to be in the front yard um, and in and around it, I just placed the recorder right on the ground. Spending time um, listening in, in my front yard was 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 valuable for me. And again, <laughs> I felt I um, when I was listening, I tried to put myself in the perspective of some of the plants and specifically um, 
we have a, a, a lilac bush there and then you can in in the image that's up right now the kind of veiny leaf-like structure is the lilac bush so I, tr I tried to feel the wind over me and um, my perceived experience of the park across the street is that it's it's really it's really noisy but my recording was actually with the exception of the sparrows <laughs> very quiet um, partially I think because where I had put the um, uh, well where, where I had placed the, the recorder um, and so that disconnect between my experience of the park as being noisy and full of complexities historical and 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 present and the very um, I don't know the kind of softening of the of the city space um, was was something that was really eye-opening I suppose or ear-opening for me when I was in the listening space um, and you know being a, a leaf or listening like a leaf um, I like I said it was very noisy and so I could hear the humans in the park um, extra, at this, this is eight in the morning um, it's the recording I chose to share I did three or four but I chose to share eight in the morning um, exercising and then um, there were a few people who um, had their kids in the playground and there was um, uh, just before I had been recording there was somebody who had slept there all night who was upset um, I'm not sure why um, and but like I said, the, like I feel like my recording is so almost banal. And so that kind of juxtaposition is in, very fascinating for me. I don't know if anyone else found this, but um, it's really amazing listening to your experience. Like when you talked about the um, listening from the lilac, or you know, listening from the perspective of a leaf. You know, when I was listening to that just now, if I hadn't had that context, I'd be here. I'd be really focusing on the birds, I think, and maybe the tonality of the traffic. But then I was really listening to that in between space that you talked about with the oh, okay there's there's a lot of other things going on you know so it's really wonderful to listen to it in that way yeah thank you It involves a creek uh, just north of me at uh, Taylor Creek Park, um, in the east end of Toronto here. Pretty much lived in this area most of my life. I was actually born a 15 minute walk away from where the recording was made. 
and growing up for the first few years, I, uh, we'd often go down there as kids and play in the stream, things like that, uh, chase butterflies, all sorts of other things. somewhere that I'm very familiar with in terms of uh, both visually and uh, orally. So, uh. I've always though, for as long as I can remember, I've thoughts of, you know, I wonder what this place was like a thousand years ago, let's say, or more, and uh, was the course of the river the same, or uh, has it changed, and if so, how much? Uh, what people were doing back then, I, I'm sure there were, there were kids playing in the stream just as I was. <laughs> So um, I uh, I want to try and capture some of that kind of history of it. Uh, just generally from the sounds that are there, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the uh, birds that were were maybe there a thousand years ago aren't around anymore. Um, and ones that are there now would not have been. Uh, some of them wouldn't have been. Uh, some of the imported species and things like that. Another thing I tried to do was was capture the actual the sound of the, the stream itself. I improvised some contact uh, um, some hydrophones with contact microphones into uh, the tops of beverage cans, uh, filled them with water, and used ballast to hold them in place. So that gets a little bit of the, the sound from this within the, the water itself.
Uh, and then there's a third one that is was just as I was leaving. I thought there's a, a, a pond just off the side of this the river, and had some lovely green frogs doing a lovely crescent like that. What I found interesting on, on that was, especially the last one, was the, uh, the, the similar sounds between the, the dogs and the frogs. <laughs> like they were competing or something. Yeah. The, Uh, Tina, I admit to feeling a little bit guilty that I didn't truly follow the score, but I was very much led by it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and um, I went to a place that's related to the work that I'm doing, which was a bioswale, which is uh, a constructed, um, uh, constructed of rocks and plants to purify water. Um, to help uh, remediate um, sewer overflow in the town of Niagara-the-Lake into Lake Ontario. And um, I've been interested in sewers for a number of years in my work, which uh, I've said at the other meetups is mostly about water. I went to this park and um, I found the bioswale and there was caution tape around it because it's um, not even quite finished and I liked the sound of the plastic tape uh, bouncing against uh, a linden tree so I sat underneath the linden tree um, knowing that I would uh, pick up the, the sound of the uh, tape. and. I didn't even, I didn't put my headphones on, I just uh, sat there and um, uh, I think I was less listening, I mean I was listening and I did, Tina asked for permission to be there but um, 
I didn't really feel a, a connection with that. The, I, the top tone of my experience really was just the impact of COVID because um, this is a place, the town of Niagara-on-the-Lake is a place that I kind of loathe and um, stay away from because it's um, uh, very, very kind of um, uh, affluent uh, tourist um, center. And, but I remember it from growing up. It was a very different place. So I was sitting there. It was so beautiful, this park. And I have never, hardly ever been in it in my entire life because I avoid uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake because of the tourism. So I had a very powerful experience about the effects of the pandemic. And um, then I, um, and I did um, really focus on offering gratitude to all the politicians and bureaucrats and citizens and then um, uh, actual laborers who would have labored to produce this bioswale because something like a bioswale, I think that there's a lot of, it probably took years um, and for something so environmentally friendly to be, um, for people to be convinced that this was a good idea. So I, I thought about them. And then I made my way, uh, which wasn't too far, down to where the discharge from the sewer pipe is. And it was really easy to find because I knew the beach that had been suffering from E. coli and the bioswale was part of remediating. So then I did a second recording and this was my first ever hydrophone recording. It was very exciting for me.
And then I moved a few meters away to the beach. I um, gave thanks again to, uh, well, to the waters in general. Uh, there's a little, there's a building close to the water. That's Fort Niagara on the American side where the Treaty of Niagara was signed in 1764. And I'm very involved in my work with uh, that treaty. So there's a lot of what I've talked about that isn't really so much about listening as my excitement about the content <laughs> in terms of the uh, remediation uh, from the sewer overflow and uh, the treaty, but the sounds, um, uh, obviously uh, the water sounds in the last part of the recording, the last two minutes, uh, I was just so happy to hear them because it was my first ever hydrophone experience. I'll talk about this this place in Kingston where I'm, I'm frequently there along the waterfront. Kingston's waterfront hasn't been terribly well developed. This is um, a landscaped uh, park, though it's kind of a nice strip, but inconveniently uh, run along uh, by a road you can see there, which is very busy, so it's... Uh, luckily when you're down by the water, that masks a lot of that sound. I've been learning a lot more about previous inhabitations along the waterfront and looking at where that lies versus the uh, where the developments have happened. And it's just really remarkable to me that you know right around the corner from right around the bend from where this recording was made, there's you know a, a history like the before the Anishinaabe and the Mohawks were were here, and those those people are acknowledged today as the traditional inhabitants of the territory, but there were the Mississaugas who were here in their villages documented um, and burial sites found uh, just around the corner from, from where this was. So when I'm down along the, this part of the waterfront, I, I think about that uh, a lot lately. This particular day when I went down, um, I, I, I really appreciated the score, which I uh, I, I broadly followed, and, and it encapsulates, I guess, a lot of themes that are coming up a lot these days um, in terms of practice, uh, sound practice, in terms of gratitude, thinking about gratitude and a reciprocal relationship with the place you're recording. And, um, so this particular day when I was down there, um, it was just a couple of days ago. It was a, a a very overcast, windy day. The recording itself is two layers. There's an above water layer, so to speak, which is um, two widely spaced omnidirectional microphones with the waves coming in. But the, I recently acquired a couple of geophones, which are fascinating, and I'm just learning really how to use them. But one way I used them here was to just put them under some rocks 
this is a very rocky beach, so that when the waves come in, the rocks get tumbled around. So that produces this kind of uh, very interesting swoosh that happens underneath the, uh, the sounds that you hear, which are just the above uh, sounds, so to speak. Matt, did you say that uh, you'd recorded the, all of that at the same time, or...? Uh... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're, 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 they're synchronous, the, the two layers. It's interesting to hear the relationship sometimes when you have two very different mm -hmm. types of mm -hmm. microphones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's stunning. Really beautiful. The, vis beautiful. The, visual, the visual is very hypnotic, by the way, when I was down there, because the waves were just like lines of mountains kind of advancing mm -hmm. towards the shore continuously, and it was quite, yeah, absorbing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. It really took me into the sound. I try, I try to talk. I'm not a good talker, especially not in English, because it's not my first language. Um, well, I did go every day the last week for listening. And I, I really find a deep joy in your score. This respectful approach. And it turned out, um, I tried to listen from the beings around me, and it turned out that the, the river wanted to tell me something, so I, I, I ended up 
at the river every day and I made uh, recordings with the hydrophone and also with another recorder so at the same time at each place And then the next day I went to the same place again and I wrote a poem about it. And then from that place I went to the next place. <laughs> it was a very meditative experience. But then I wanted to um, to upload them and I realized I don't have any idea about the techni techniques. And I'm a listener but I'm not a technical person. So Apple uh, reset I have like thousands of errors and I, I, feel, I felt really bad about it. <laughs> like a school like a child at school doing doing everything wrong and being very naive so the last day i decided i won't go without any recorder i just go to the place and i listen without recording because it's about the listening and not about the recording for me so, so that was a good experience to to leave the recorders behind and just take my ears <laughs> i don't know what the future will bring about the recording but <laughs> What I also realized is that there is a lot of noise here and I went to places that are supposed to be for recreation but they are very noisy and I don't know. I, I felt a deep compassion, compassion with all the beings that have to live in this noise. Even if you have the hydrophone in the water, you hear a lot of noise in the water and I really, well, I just went into that suffering of all the beings that have to be in the noise all the time.
it was a Sunday night I left, uh, so I got back home, it was 11 p.m. So I got there, it was dark. I think I chose a, a dark time because I want to listen differently. I was also curious about knowing this place to re-get to know it again under these new circumstances. tried not to trip in the dark, and I tried not to frighten anybody. Uh, <laughs> walking around with headphones and a device and going like this and listening to the space, like walking by listening versus walking by, uh, you know, by looking. So that was my experience, and I found it extremely um, profound. The word deep listening really took on its meaning, like this idea of immersing oneself in, in actually something that we do experience every day but that we just that is often not experienced just simply because I'm busy, I'm thinking, I'm not slowing myself down to to that feeling. And I notice that you don't listen only with your ears, it's like your whole body. I remember the air, the moisture is that beautiful it was a moist evening as well. So So, today is May 19, 2020. Sunset's at 8.16 and it's day 59, sheltering in place. There's never another going to be another time in my life when I know I'm going to be home every night in the same place at sunset. So I decided to, to, we have a big bell in the garage and I, I drag it down to the sidewalk every night at sunset and ring it. And so I've been up and down this street. This is, tonight will be the 119th day that we've been doing this. And so uh, when Tina invited me to do this, I was, I was, I immediately thought of this one particular day. <laughs> It's easy to imagine reciprocity, and it's very wonderful. And um, like when you're there and you listen, and then you maybe respond to something really with you in out loud or in your mind, and then it's it's a way to really connect to what's going on in a really different way. And I love it. But at some point, this bird started to show up. This really loud tiny tiny I was like always trying to track it down this really tiny little bird and so and the bell is super loud and the bird was really loud and so in trying to make a recording because it I don't really have I it's so windy it's very hard to make a recording you said something about you wanted to like not scare people and I realized one time I was making my recording and I was I was lurking I was hidden behind a bush you know all bundled up and somebody walked by and I thought, should I say something or, you know, I didn't want to. And I, I said, you know, hello, because I didn't want him to think I was like, you know, a pervert or something. And so 
I'm, I'm always looking up and down the street, trying to be near to the bird and away from the bell. So one, so I'm, that's when this bird is around, I'm, I was tracking up and down the street, like, where's the bird? Where's the bird? Where's the bird? I just have, I found the bird. I was in the spot and you know, this had been a bunch of times now with this bird coming and I really felt like they were jamming, you know, the bell every, it's every 15, 20 seconds for the bell. My husband rings the bell. We take turns, but when I want to make a sound recording, he has to ring it. So, and then the bird came in and the bird was on a slightly faster uh, cycle. And then every once in a while they hit it together. And I just, I was so excited. That's how I felt. I was, I was like listening to like this, interspecies concert going on and and i i i am in like i'm in love with that little bird with the bird song every and the bird hasn't been it's been gone for a couple weeks and it came back last night right before i came out i was like open the garage and i was so excited but it didn't stick around but i thought oh you know maybe it's just left so i hope it's there tonight but anyway so this the reciprocity thing really like struck home in this. And I'm so familiar with my street at this point, you know, that I don't know what day this was from. It might've been from like 50 days ago, but it's the freshest one in my mind. So that's why I picked it. Uh, this location is um, it's a it's a an interesting place. This is the territory of the Lekwungen people, and uh, they're a coast coast Salish um, group. And uh, the the site is where uh, the settlers started bringing in cattle. 
it's, it's a location, it's called Cattle Point because it's, it's not quite in the city. Uh, it's just a little bit off. Um, and um, the, the, there's, you can see these kind of iron posts where they used to bring the cattle into this place. And it's now a public um, kind of little park right on the coast and, and it's a, there's boat launches there. When I started to, you know, meditate on the score, this place came up at a very particular spot. But there's this amazing rock there. And uh, what kept coming up as a, this is what needs to be heard, was this place on the rock. There's um, quite a few quartz grains. And then there are all these barnacles that are, um, there's no longer something in them. <laughs> I felt this very strong um, kind of recognition the last couple of times I was doing my other practice there. And it's kept coming up and I, I so I went, you know, I went and I, I was walking in and it was a very beautiful kind of sound walk down this uh, path. It's uh, there's um, rose bushes, so I could smell the roses, and I kept stopping because it was um, it was such a strong experience of listening from everything I saw. You know, this um, the rose bushes. There was some salal. There was some grass, and um, so I had my you know, my, my gear and people started looking at me because I kept stopping. I was just stopping and, and walking really slow. And so I was very, um, I guess, moved by, by the whole thing. And um, when I got down to the rock, uh, my idea the, that what was coming was, was um, to record the intersection between these barnacles and the water, um, just with my... Um, just with my external mics and so I was trying to do this and it kept I started to to I have a I have a condition where I, ha, I, I can get very acute pain so I started getting a lot of pain and this it was just very interesting I was like okay this is strange so finally I thought okay this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel welcoming and and uh, and I've done this before where if I don't feel that it's okay to record I just don't so I started to go back, you know, up the beach and I was, the tide was quite a bit lower. So I was quite far down in there. And um, I started to walk back and it was such a strange, uh, not strange. I mean, it's familiar actually, but it was a very strong pull. My body just went to this place where the dot is. And there was this beautiful tidal pool there. Not the biggest one. It wasn't the one that had the most stuff in it, but it just, it was just like, yeah, this is where I need to record. And so I happened to have my hydrophones with me. So I, I, it was a very easy, everything went well, you know, because <laughs> if you've ever recorded with hydrophones, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's not simple. And so, um, so this was, this was what, came was the sound of the barnacles and I as I was um, you know continuing with the practice it the um, the notion of of how we sound and the, the idea that language is the way the earth speaks through us and the the language here the the Lekwungen language is it has such a 
uh, amazing way of sounding like the sounds that are here, like the 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 ocean sounds, the way that the it, uh, you know when I when I I work with some Lekwungen uh, speakers, and you know this the language sounds like the land, and um, so I was really quite um, entranced by listening to these barnacle sounds and these eating sounds and just the these intimate sounds from these um, uh, these creatures under underneath the, the, the tidal pool Thank you. 